How good is God? Well, that's a very difficult question to answer, but we're attempting to do so by digging into scriptures that describe God's enthusiastic and eternal goodness. The truth is this, God is better than you or I could ever imagine. I'm so glad that you decided to join me, Carol McLeod, in this series entitled Refined, Finding Joy in the Midst of the Fire. Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio with Carol McLeod. For more information about Carol, Just Joy Ministries, or her other messages, please visit our website at justjoyministries.com. And you can find Carol on Facebook at Carol McLeod, Bible teacher and author. We're also here if you need prayer. Please call us toll free with your prayer request. 1-855-569-5433. That's 1-855-JOY-LIFE. Now let's join Carol for today's inspiring message. We are chewing on and digesting one of the most fantastic scriptures in the Bible that describe the goodness of God. Let me read it to you. Psalm 31, 19. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who trust you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. In yesterday's Bible study, we learned that that phrase, how great, means that God's goodness is unable to be measured. You can't weigh it. There's no equation to figure out how big it is. There is no measuring tape that can fit a it. God's goodness is eternal. It never ends. And then what exactly is God's goodness? Well, it's a whole list of incredible words. Let me read them to you today. Wisdom and intelligence, kindness, understanding, wealth, property. Is that not enough for you? How about this? Beauty, divine glory, welfare, happiness, And if that's not enough, there's a few more words that describe God's goodness, gladness, cheerfulness. And finally, the Hebrew dictionary describes God's goodness as the very best of anything. And that's good news for you. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up. Yesterday, we learned that in the ancient Hebrew, there were two kinds of containers. There were two kinds of places where things were stored. One was inaccessible. You couldn't get to it. It was hidden. The other type of hiding place was accessible. It was easily reached. And the word in this verse is the word for accessible. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up, you have put in an accessible place for those who trust you. Did you know that trust is a prerequisite for tapping into God's goodness in life? Trust simply means that you know God is in charge. You know he's good. I shared with you a little prayer yesterday that I often pray when I'm declaring the fact that I do indeed trust God. You are God and I am not. I recognize you as the answer to all my questions, the provider of all my needs. You are the final authority on everything. God, I don't have a better idea than you. You make me glad. And in that short but to the point prayer, 
I have declared that I trust in God and his goodness comes rushing my way. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who trust in you, which you bestow. Okay, let's stop here and look at this word bestow that we have found in Psalm 3119. This word bestow might sound old fashioned to you, but it's got a great meaning for today. It means made and then given toward. God's goodness was made just for you. He has stored it up in an accessible place. And when you trust him, he throws it your way. Have you ever made or purchased a gift for someone and then never given it to them? I have. I have done that. Even today, there's a newborn baby outfit that's been in my closet for over 10 years. It's moved to two of my homes with me, and I have totally forgotten who I bought this outfit for. For all I know, the child could be graduating from high school by now. But God doesn't do that. God creates goodness, and then he gives it toward us. Trusting him places you in the intended pathway of God's goodness. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who trust you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. This phrase, on those who take refuge in you, means that there is a group of people who know who to flee toward when they're in a fire, when they're in a hot spot. We always take refuge in the Lord. This word refuge means to hide inside and to hide under. Great men and women of God, I have a question for you today. When you're going through a hard time in life, do you run toward God or do you run away from God? Do you blame God when you're in the heat of a fire or do you bless God? My friends, do not tap into the culture's answers. Run toward God when you're going through a hard time in life. Worship the Lord. Declare the word in your life. You know, I think about fires in the natural. And when there's a fire in the physical world, firemen put one thing on it. They put water on it and the water douses the fire. The water lessens the degree of the fire. The water stops the spread of the fire. And there are some W's, just like the word water, that we should throw on our fires in life as well. First of all, there's the W who. You must know who God is. God is good all the time. There is no bad in him. We do not blame God. We bless God. Your first W is you must know who God is. The second W is the word of God. You must apply the word of God to your fire. You must go into scripture and find a verse that applies to what you're going through and then declare it, memorize it, pray it, share it. The word of God is well able to lessen the heat of any fire that you have found yourself in. 
And then the third W that I like to apply to the heat of the flames in life is worship. Will you worship when you're in a fire? Will you lift your hands in wonder and awe at who God is and allow praise music to come out of your mouth? God's goodness. That's who he is. In his word, we find the answers that we need, and worship helps lessen the degree of heat of the fire. God is good all the time. Now, the next piece of biblical information concerning God's goodness might just frustrate some of you. You might not like this piece of scriptural information that I'm about to share with you. It comes from Psalm 145, verse 9. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and great in loving kindness. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Do you see what this scripture says? The Lord is good to everybody. You don't have to be good to receive God's goodness. God is good to everybody. His goodness is not dependent upon how you act or how you think or how you talk or how you treat people. Let me read to you from Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Rain in the Bible is always symbolic of the blessing of God. And in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is telling a listening crowd that God the Father blesses the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, I don't understand that. Do you? There are many things about God that we don't understand, and his goodness is one of them. But when you're going through a trial, not only do you need to know that God is good, but you need to know that his goodness is not dependent upon your behavior. God is good all the time, and he is good to all. He blesses the righteous and the unrighteous. Now, when you're going through a trial, not only do you need to know who God is, not only do you need to know that God is good, but you also need to be aware of the birthplace of evil. Evil is opposition to God. Evil is utterly dissimilar to God. God shows no compliance or unity with evil. There is not one drop of badness in God. There is not one cell of evil in God. There is not one questionable atom in the makeup of God. This is what the prophet Habakkuk tells us in chapter 1, verse 13. Your eyes, God, are too pure to even look on evil. You cannot tolerate that which is wrong. God has no evil in him, and he will never change to accommodate evil. 
James 1, verses 13 and 17. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Your God is a perpetual goodness machine. His goodness never stops. He knows of no other way to be than to be good. If God's goodness were stunted by our behavior, then he would not be totally good. He would at least have some neutral in him, but he does not. He is eternally, perpetually, infinitely, and enthusiastically good. If you don't believe that, let me read to you Jeremiah 32, verse 40. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. Do you see what the promise of God is? He will never stop doing good for you. He will not stop chasing you down with his goodness. I don't know anybody else like that, do you? We're so glad you were able to join us today. The Just Joy staff would love to hear from you. Please call us at 1-855-569-5433. That's 1-855-JOY-LIFE. Or simply go online to justjoyministries.com. Whether you want to live above the ordinary or learn to worship God even during hardships, Carol has great teachings to help you every step of the way. Carol would love to come speak in your area. Her messages of hope and joy have blessed so many. Contact us today at JustJoyMinistries.com or call toll-free 1-855-569-5433. It's my pleasure to study God's Word with you and remind you to never, never, never give up. Don't give up on God or on yourself or on your future. Never give up. If you're struggling and need prayer, please call us today. The phone number is easy to remember, 855-JOY-LIFE. Or you can email me directly, carol at justjoyministries.com. If you've been blessed by the messages and the ministry, please let us know with your sponsorship. Call us toll-free, 855-569-5433, or go online to justjoyministries.com.